It's good to see you guys. Man, we're going through the lockdown. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I was going to come in my shorts this morning because I've been in my shorts for Sunday mornings for so long where you get Zoom, you know. You guys never noticed it, but I was sitting there, I had shorts. One, one time I had my pyjamas on and no one noticed it. I just used to change my shirt. That was it. So it was awesome. But, you know, the good thing about this is that you can have a, three or four conversations going at the same time. Hallelujah. With Zoom, you feel so bad because somebody's trying to talk from here and someone's trying to talk from there and you can hear them about the talk and then somebody you know, over here starts talking and you feel bad for them. But now you can just keep talking, oh, except for when I'm preaching, all right? But look, this morning I got about, I'm going to just give you 15 minutes of power, all right? So you know what's happening. You know, this morning I want to talk to you about foundations. Your foundation, right, matters. Where you start to build in Christianity matters. The way that you come to Jesus matters. The what you think about Jesus matters. The way that you, it depends on how you came to know Jesus. In the beginning, that matters. It's like, a building inspector, right? If you know buildings, and you're a builder here this morning, you know how important foundations are. I mean, you know from the news in the last few weeks, some of these buildings out there, some of these high-rise units, if, you have, if you've got a unit in that place, you'd be devastated. I mean, man, the whole building's crumbling. They can't live in it anymore. They just paid $1.2 million. There's a guy in Mascot that paid $1.2 million for a unit on the top floor, right? And he cannot live in it. Because some dude, in the beginning when he laid down the foundation, either never put enough cement in there, the cement wasn't cured, the cement wasn't at the right time. Tell me if I'm right, Marlon, am I right? You've got to pull that cement at the right time, right? Yes, that's right. I don't know much about building, but the builders are, but you've got to have it at the right time. So somewhere down the track, somebody poured cement into some piers that either was too dry, it wasn't enough cement. They got the foundation wrong. When you get the foundation wrong, I'm telling you now, that building, it might look great in the beginning, but at the, in a few years' time, it starts to sway, it starts to smash, and people are just devastated. Christianity is the same way. The Bible calls Jesus the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone because when they used to build in the old days, the most important block was the one in the corner. Because from the one in the corner, that would line up all the other blocks and that one there had to be spot on, that cornerstone. And the Bible calls Jesus the cornerstone. And you know what he calls you? Spiritual blocks. Think about that for a minute. Jesus is the cornerstone. And then somebody, the early disciples, they get saved. They call on the name of Jesus. And God makes them these stones that he puts alongside and alongside and alongside. And that's why the Bible says that you and I are built on the foundations of Jesus and the apostles. And he just keeps building and building and building. But let me tell you what. 
when you and I come to Christ, we need to make sure that we have on that foundation stone, we are building on that stone. Because if you don't build on Jesus, later on in life, something's going to happen. There's going to be some kind of fiery trial that comes along. Something comes along in your life that you're not sure. And because you haven't set your feet upon the rock, and steadfast on the rock, you start to shake like the building. Cracks start to appear in your faith because you're not solid on the foundation, which is Jesus. When you come to know Christ, when people hear the gospel message for the first time, what do you hear? I know people, they come to Jesus because their spouses have come to the Lord. Right? And they love their spouse. And so they decide, well, you know, I'm going to come to church and, I don't know, act like a Christian or be involved. But they never, ever built on Christ. They never had their own revelation of what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be a Christian is this. When you hear the gospel message, it's total surrender. He is Lord not just saviour, he's everything to you. If you haven't heard the gospel like that, you shouldn't hear it this morning because this morning we're doing a building inspection on your faith. What did you hear? The Bible says, I have been bought with a price. The blood of Jesus Christ. He died for me that I should no longer live for myself, but for him who died for me. Total surrender. That's the kind of message that when we got saved, that's what we heard. And so when we came up the front of the altar, we heard that, Louis, your life is no longer your own. That's good foundation. That's good foundation. Not because my spouse came to the Lord. If you came because your spouse came to the Lord, then you're building on shaky ground because you haven't got the revelation that Christ is all. I've just come to Jesus because I didn't want to lose my husband. I came to Jesus. I came to church because there was a good-looking woman here. Not me personally, but... Oh, no, I mean, no, not... I'm not saying not good-looking, Denise, all right? You know, you do that. But some people do that, right? It's a good-looking woman. Come to church, because, you know, is it? And they have foundation. It's not gonna, not gonna, nothing's going to happen in their lives. Because Jesus isn't the cornerstone. Jesus isn't solid in their lives. They came for another reason. You cannot come to Jesus for these other reasons. I'll tell you the reasons that you should come to Christ. Here it is. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. You have fallen short, the Bible says, of the glory of God. The Bible says there is no, not one righteous person on the whole planet. Not one. There's not one that has done the right thing. There's not one that has not sinned. You want to know what it's like to have a good foundation this morning? Think about why you came to Jesus. Was it to be you know, get blessed or was it to be, I don't know, with a spouse's boyfriend, girlfriend? What was it that drove you to Jesus? If it's not, this is what I'm talking about, solid foundation. Solid foundation is, you know what? I'm a sinner. 
I fall short of the glory of God. Because what it does, if you do that, it puts a great foundation in your walk. Because when you know that you are sin and fall short of the glory of God, it's going to keep you steadfast in that. That fact that you know that the grace of God has saved me. The grace of God has sent Jesus into the world to die for me. Therefore, I come to Christ because I need to be reconciled to God. The cross is right between me and God. And that cross is Jesus hanging on the cross. He died for me because of my sin, because of your sin. That's solid foundation. I never came to Christ on my own doing. No one here has come to Christ on their own doing. It's because the Bible says no one comes to the Son unless the Father draws them. So you might be here this morning, you have been drawn by God. Man cannot draw you. Don't get up one morning and say, oh, I'm going to become a Christian this morning. No, think of that for a minute. You are so special to God that He has drawn you to His Son. Amazing. Solid foundation. You need to know what you have believed in and what you have, you know, accepted Christ as this amazing God who is saving from sin. Because what happens, anything else from that, the fact that you're a sinner and it is by the grace of God then express faith in Christ Jesus, all right, that's the thing that will keep the foundation together. If it's anything else, if it's your own merits, if it's your own doing, they're all cracks. Eventually what's going to happen, you're going to start to doubt. You're going to do things wrong and you're going to go, well, I'm not saved. Because your foundation in the beginning was that, yeah, look, you know, I'm changing, I've changed my life and I want to be a good Christian now. So therefore I'm coming to God because I'm a good Christian. I obey the Ten Commandments and all that. You know what? Your foundation is going to crack because you'll be up and down like a yo-yo. You'll be great when you're going well. You'll be bad when you're going bad. And your foundation in Christianity will be up and down. When I'm going well, Jesus is great and God loves me. When I'm falling into sin, God hates me. My salvation is no longer there. I can't, I'm not be saved. I can't be saved. How can I be saved? Look at what I'm doing wrong. Bad foundation. When you know that the Bible says, by faith in the name of Jesus, I've received the righteousness of God. By faith. One of the key foundations in Christianity is that we live by faith. That's solid foundation. You've got to know that. So when you come up the front and you receive Jesus, you're not going to be a perfect Christian. That could take all your life. I mean, the older guys, the older guys that are here know that, man, this is why this, this is why when that woman that was caught in adultery was brought to Jesus and they were about to stone her, and what does Jesus turn around? He says, let him who is not sin cast the first stone. So who were the first guys that left? The old guys. The old guys. The young guys are the real cocky ones. Yeah, picked up the stone. Oh, I'm going to throw it to them, eh? The old guys, because, you know, that's how young people are. They're pretty cocky, right? I'm telling you, I used to be that way. I used to think that, you know, anyway, I won't tell you what I used to think. But 
what happened is the old guys left first. Why did the old guys left? Well, because they know that their lives are not perfect. They know that they've fallen into sin and lifted up and fallen into sin and lifted up and fallen into sin. But because their foundations have been solid, they know it doesn't depend on what I'm doing that I'm saved. It doesn't depend on that. I'm not making an excuse for living a sinful life. There is no excuse to live a sinful life. The Bible says he that is born again cannot continue to sin. And God has called you to be holy. I'm telling you what, there's no excuse to keep living in sin. What God does is another great foundation that He has begun the good work in you. He will complete it. You are meant to be like living an upright life and it takes a while to get going, but eventually you will not live in sin. You just want to repent. You want to repent. You want to repent. You want to repent. Why is that? Because of the solid foundation that's in Christ. And this morning, you need to look at your foundations. You need to look at your foundations and work out what I've done, what, how have I received Christ. You might be a young person here this morning who maybe has come to Jesus because their parents are putting pressure on them, which we do, right? That's why every Sunday morning I'd remind the girls that church was on. I would preach at them all the time. And because that's what we do as parents, right? We want them to know Jesus. And we don't push them, but we speak to them and we preach to them and we tell them all until they're age 18, we just keep telling them about Jesus, right? But they need their own revelation. You have to allow your kids to have their own revelation. Now, listen, Another point I'll just make, because what happens is that we and everyone, because we live in a sinful world, we are all affected by our father, by his father, by wounds that have wounded us from years of upbringing where your parents have, or your dad has said something wrong, or your dad's an alcoholic, or your dad's a drug addict. All these kind of things, right, affect your life in the way you're brought up. Let me tell you, when Jesus, if you make Jesus solid foundation in your life, when he says he is Lord, he will change and renew everything that your fathers had in the past. He will renew it. He will heal it. You cannot let the past dictate the future. There's so many people, the one guy I was going to talk about, I might do it later on, his name is Zerubbabel, right? Great name. Zerubbabel. We used to have a basketball team when we used to go to Perdition, right? We played in a basketball team and we called it Zerubbabel, like the Zerubbabel, like <laughs> Zerubbabel. Yeah, I know. I know. And listen, this, this, was a real, this was a real competition, right? And you know what we did? And I don't know if Jerry's here this morning, but Jerry was in the side. We said, mate, we are going to be true witnesses of Jesus. And so we called ourselves the Rubber Balls, right? It, the competition was in Petersham, about eight or nine teams playing. And so everybody that looked at it, they go, Zerubbabel, what the heck is a Zerubbabel, right? And so we have a chance to share the gospel. But do you know what happened? We got so competitive, mate. We got beat for the first, we got beat for the first five games, right? And all of a sudden, sharing Jesus went out the window. The most important thing for us was to win. 
And then we would go deep into training. Twice a week we'd train. And all of a sudden we're on the basketball court. We're pushing people out the way. We're dropping hoops. We're just like aggro. Ah, good intentions, but. Anyway, Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, he is an amazing guy. Zerubbabel is the grandson of King Zedekiah, I think his name is. Zedekiah, King Zedekiah was the king who was a bad and evil king. And in his time, Babylon had come over to Israel and taken them captive because of their wickedness. Zerubbabel went captive to Babylon when he was like, was he born then? Maybe he wasn't even born then. But he was born in, that's right, he was born in Babylon. And at one stage, when the 70 years of captivity had finished, Zerubbabel gets this heart for the house of God to go back to Israel, back to Jerusalem, where everything had been smashed up. He wants to go back there after 70 years. And you know what he does? He goes back there and he lays down the foundation in Jerusalem of the temple. And I'm thinking, what a guy. Never let his grandfather dictate his future. His grandfather was evil. I don't know what his father was like, but I love it about him. He changed the course of his life because he never let his father and anyone else dictate what he should do. He said, you know what? For me and my household, Jesus is the cornerstone. I'm going to go and play my life down in Jesus. And so the rubber ball goes along and he lays down Jesus. And do you know what he does? He doesn't think about the past. He just looks at the future. You and I cannot change one thing in the past. We can't change anything of what our dads were like. We can't change anything of what they said about us. We cannot change that. What we can change is this side, the future. I'm going to build my life on Christ and I'm going to let him to change the wounds, the flaws, the character, the things that were spoken over my life. I'm going to let Jesus be Lord. I'm going to let Jesus heal me. I'm going to let Jesus dictate now where I'm going. And I'm going to allow Jesus, the founder of my faith in my life and in my character to change me. I'm nothing like my dad. And praise God for that, man. I'm telling you, we're on video. I might send it to him. But not in a bad way. In a good way, right? And I'm nothing like my dad. What I am like is like my father in heaven. That's what you guys are like. And that's what God's doing in your life to change you. But what happens sometimes, because we don't let Jesus be who he is, Lord, the little cracks in our character, they, they just hound us. And you can't be like that. You can't be that free. You can't do that. Remember the hurt. Remember the pain. Remember what they spoke over your life. It, it, and it's like, it's these little chains that are holding. You've got to lay them to Jesus. You've got to lay them at the, at the foundation stone. You've got to give them to Jesus and say, Lord, this is what they said about me. I'm going to be useless. That's what my dad told me. I'm going to be useless and amount to nothing. Take that. Thank you, Jesus. Man. Don't allow that. I could have sat there and every time I failed, and this is what Satan does, every time you fail, he will remind you of what your dad said. He'll remind you of something that somebody said, a friend or whatever. He'll remind you because he doesn't want you to allow Jesus in those areas. 
don't worry, I've failed. And those thoughts have come and flooded my mind because of the wound that was been there. Told you you're going to amount to nothing. I told you, and all of a sudden Satan starts saying, so you're going to be useless. This is the fact, and your dad was right. And do you know what? I just, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that because my father, who has called me by name, my father who has anointed me for a task, he is faithful to complete the awesome work that he has begun in me. Don't let the things of the past dictate your future. Let Jesus do the work that he wants to do. All you have to do is every time you feel that way, you've got to come to Jesus. You've got to come back to the cornerstone. You've got to come back and say, Lord Jesus, this is what I'm feeling. I'm just feeling this tug in my heart to do something or to go a certain way. But I lay it before you and say, you are the God who has begun a good work in me. You are the one who has poured out his spirit in my life. You are the one moving and guiding my life. In you I trust. In you I trust, Lord. That's good foundation. That's great foundation. Better give you at least one scripture before I finish, all right? Um, here it is here. First Peter 2, 4 to 6. This will challenge the... Um, just to sum up what, what, what Jesus is and is. This is you, right? As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in the scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. The one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Never will be put to shame. You and I will never be put to shame. Why? Because we have made Jesus the cornerstone and the foundation of our lives. Let's get the musos up, please. And this morning, I want you to think about that we might actually get some jackhammers out this morning, right? Oh, I love those jackhammers. Ever use a jackhammer? Whew. Makes a good sound. What it does, it gets the old foundations out. If you have something this morning, a bad foundation in your life, I want you to like see in your mind a, a smashing of the old foundation and put Christ in those areas. You and I know the weaknesses that we have. There are weaknesses, the Bible says, the sin that so easily entangles. They're those little threads in the cornerstone little threads that you and I have not given over to Jesus. They're the ones that we go, do I have to give everything to Jesus? You know, I kind of like doing a bit of this. I kind of like doing a bit of that. Do I really have to give that to Jesus? If you don't give that to Jesus, it's a bad foundation. Those cracks will come up and they'll catch you out and you will be ever dealing with them, ever dealing with them. You ever... And what happens is, like I said before, those things that are weaknesses in our life that we have to give to Jesus, we need to come back every time you're tempted to go to that place, to do that thing, to watch that thing. Every time you are, you've got to go back to the stone. 
You've got to go back to Jesus. You've got to use that moment that the Bible says that you will not be be tempted beyond that you can bear. In other words, whenever temptation comes, God always gives you a way out. The way out is Jesus. The way out is Jesus. If you make Him Lord. So this morning, why don't you stand up this morning? And I want you to think to yourself, when I first gave my life to Christ, or maybe you're not a Christian this morning, and you're hearing a message, and you're thinking to yourself, yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, I need saving. Yes, I believe in Jesus. I want you to say that within your heart and say this within your heart. If you don't know Christ, it's just simple. You say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and Saviour from this day forth. Jesus is Lord and Saviour. That's what you say. It's easy as that. And He becomes Lord and Saviour of your life. But this morning, if you're a Christian and you're wondering why you may be struggling in your walk for so long, I want you to think about your foundations. When I first gave my life to Christ, why? What was the reason? And I want you to correct it this morning. We're going to bow our heads this morning. We're going to have a look and just say, you know what? Yes, I do need to correct that. I do need to make Jesus not only my Saviour, but my Lord. So bow your heads this morning. Just think. I'll give you time just to think and meditate on Jesus this morning. And if you need to confess something, confess it. Confession is like a reset. If there's sins in your life, you need to confess them and bring them to Jesus. And make a conscious effort this morning that, Lord, those weaknesses in my life, I will continually bring them to you until they no longer are a stumbling block, but a building block. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, just thank you this morning that you're speaking to people and you're touching lives. We just thank you for this, Lord, that a reset, this rebuild. The, Lord, to make sure that our lives are in Christ and He is the foundation stone and that, Lord, He is Lord, Lord and Saviour. So, Father, this morning, I pray for every person. We totally surrender our lives to You afresh to say You are Lord of our lives. So, Father, we thank You pray that right now that the Holy Spirit will just come upon people, that you will speak to them, Lord, that you will guide them, that you will strengthen them, that every waking moment that Jesus will be the centre, Jesus will be the centre of everything that we do, whether it's work, whether it's sports, whether it's church, whether it's relationships, Jesus is the centre. He is the stone that I've placed in my life and He is the stone that I build on. So, Father, this morning, we thank You for every individual. We thank You for those that have given their lives to Christ this morning. We thank You for those who have changed their foundations, Lord, ripped out the old and now have made new foundations. And, Lord, most important, we thank You for this time together. We thank You that You've seen us through the lockdown. Lord, not many of us have lost any jobs. And, Lord, You've blessed us financially as well. and you've kept us healthy. And so, Father, we pray from this day forth that you continue that health upon us, protection upon us, Father God. And Lord, we just look forward to just being even more free in the coming months. So, Father, we thank you for this morning. We worship you. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord.